Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, just to review our plan for the next 12 hours, um, we'll be uh, learning tonight. We're starting at the bottom of Nun Zayin and Aleph at the Mishnah, which is about 10 lines from the bottom. We'll learn the balance of Nun Zayin, and we'll be learning up to the bottom of Nun Chesimid Beis, about 10 lines from the bottom there as well at the two dots of Hamosar. That's actually tomorrow's daf. And then tomorrow morning, Emir Tzashem, at around 7.10 between the two Shachrises, we'll be learning daf Nun Tes. Okay, it's a regular length Gemara. We'll see how long it takes. Um, and I plan to be davening myself at the 745 chakra, so got to be done by then. So 35 minutes is a maximum. Let's get started. We have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, ten lines from the bottom. New Mishnah, Nun Zayin Aleph. The Mishnah reads, Nosten lebesula shneimasar chodesh, mishetava habal leparneses atzma. That 12 months after he uh, asks if she will marry him, not the actual halachic engagement of Hareh and the Kudesh but from the Shas there is a 12-month period of time where she can be the Farnesis Atzma. She can get herself ready, getting jewelry, making jewelry, getting wedding dresses, just like a woman has been granted that amount of time, he too has what to do, probably less than the jewelry side. It's very easy for a man to get ready for a wedding, especially in the black tie optionals. It's a tuxedo and move on. Women, it's a lot more complicated. But Lemaisa, the men have to make money. They have to fund the dinner. They've got a whole suda to pay for. That's true for, uh, for a first marriage. However, when we're talking about a marriage of an almana, so there the Mishnah writes that the time uh, that is given and granted to prepare for that wedding is 30 days. And some of them unfortunately explained that the almana already has all of the jewelry. She's been married before. She has the basics. She doesn't need to start from scratch. Fine. This is a din, this next part of the Mishnah, where Nun Zainamud Aleph, about seven lines from the bottom, three lines into the Mishnah, he gias man nisu. The agreed upon time, let's call it 12 months on the nose. We'll call it uh, uh, Aleph Nisan to Aleph Nisan. So then in that case, if the time shows up and they don't get married, so then Ochlos Mishalov Ochlos Petruma. She is allowed to eat from his food, even if it's Truma. We'll be discussing this din at some length. The Mishnah continues, Rabbi Tarfan Omer, how do we give her truma? truma? All of the food that she gets from her husband-to-be, they're not yet married, they're, they're in Arisen, they're engaged, but they're not halachically married. All of the food is truma. Rabbi Akiva argues. Rabbi Akiva was concerned, look, the average woman who's not on birth control is in Nida about 50% of the time. And that's a big problem for Taros. It's a big problem for a Kohen to be giving out uh, truma that way. So it says the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva Omer, truma. So she'll have two containers. One container will say for when you're not Anida, and one container will say for when you're Tmeya. Very good. What about a Yovam? Hayovam eno machil betruma. So Ruvain and Shimon are brothers, they're Kohanim. Ruvain's married to Rachel. Ruvain dies without children. And then Rachel falls to Shimon Beyibum. The halacha is that he is not allowed to give her truma. We'll see why in the Gemara. And even says the Gemara, if she was engaged to Ruvain for six months, and then Ruvain died, and then she was engaged to the Yavam to Shimon for six months, even if 353 days out of the Jewish year was with the first husband, and even one day was with the Yavam, and as well, any involvement of her and a Yavam, any halachic time that they are together, that she falls to him, the halacha is that she does not get fed from that food. We will see why in the Gemara. Even if, even if 
by definition, if Shimon's a coin, Ruben's a coin, the brother right. doesn't matter. We'll see why in the Gemara. We'll see why in the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Zu Mishnah Rishona. All of this was the first Bezdin. However, Bezdin shall Achrehan, the Bezdin that followed this Bezdin, they changed the rules. Amru, no. Ein ha'isha ocheles betruma ad sheti kanis lechopa. And we'll see why in the Gemara as to why there was a shift from one Bezdin to the next. The Gemara opens, where do we know this 12-month period of time from? How do we know that it should be a period of 12 months? And the Gemara answers from a famous story with Rivka. Let her stay with us. Yamim o asor. Yamim, we don't know yet know what it means, though it loosely translates as days. O asor, or 10. So when we're little kids in school, we say, like, stay with us for two days, stay with us for 10 days. That's not actually what was going on. And says the Gemara, my yomim, what does the word yomim mean? If yomim, the plural for yom is yomim, minimum two days, then if you want to say it's yomim, is this how people talk? Absolutely not. Why is it not how people talk? Because there's a background to what's going on in this Pasuk that's not found in the Pasuk. Amrulei tre yomim and amrulehulo. They said, give us two days. And Eliezer says back to them, no. So then, it can't be that Yamim is talking about two days. Uh, they, they say, let Rivka stay with us for two days. And Eliezer says, no. They're like, fine, let her, let her stay for 10. <laughs> That's not logical. That doesn't make sense. Therefore, Yamim cannot mean days. Ella, rather, six, seven lines down in Zainamid Bays, my Yamim, Shana. Let her stay with us for a year. Eliezer says, no. Fine, could you let her stay with us for at least 10 days? That's at least a more logical progression. And how do we know that this is the case? And from the context of that Pasuk, we see that Yamim means a year. Maybe we could say that Yamim is representative of Chodesh because the Pasuk says, We see that Yamim and Chodesh are the same. So it says the Gemara, got to keep the level, the, the, the playing field level. Amre, the Gemara responds, Done, and we'd rather learn out yamim stam mi yamim stam. The word yamim, like we have by the Nara, and the word yamim, like we have with the pasuk yamim tiagula. So there, it's yamim by itself. But we don't want to extract our learning of what yamim means from a pasuk that also speaks about chodesh. We'd rather the playing field be level, and therefore, that's our conclusion that the word yamim means a year. That's why we wait 12 months between the Arisen and the Nisun, or really Mishatava, from the time that they agree to get engaged to the time that they get married. The Gemara says about a fifth of the way down, Amar Zera, Tana, we have a Brisa. Tana, a young girl, Bain hi uveinaviha yucholan la'akev. If there's a young girl who's about to get married, she or her father are allowed to postpone and push off the wedding beyond the 12-month marker. Says the Gemara, I understand. She may say, I need a little bit more time. She's getting ready for the wedding. I understand that she could be pushing off the wedding. That makes sense. But her father, seemingly out of the blue, if she is okay with getting married, why would he stop the wedding? So the Gemara says he has a very practical concern as to why he might want to stop this wedding or at least postpone it. Savar, the father, thinks to himself, Hashta lo yada'a. She's a child. 
She doesn't really know what marriage is all about. She's a kid. And therefore, lemachar tomorrow, nimrida, she'll be moredes, she'll rebel a little bit, v'nafka, and then she's going to leave her marriage, and then she's going to come back on my health insurance plan, and I don't have any budgeting for that. I've already given the girl a dowry. Get out of my house. Stay married. Goodbye. So he's making a cheshbon. I'm going to decide. I'm, I'm going to postpone the wedding 30 days. And in that time, I'll give you a little bit more of an education, a little bit more about what it's like to be a mother, to be a wife, whatever the case may be. So a father has a very good rationale as to why he may at times want to postpone a wedding. Amar Abba Barlevi, ein poskin al-haktana lehasiya We don't typically try to set up a ktana for her to get married when she's a ktana. Aval, what do we do? We do uh, try to set up a girl when she's a Ktana so that when she's a Gdola, she can get married. Says the Gemara Pshita, of course we would be willing to set up a Ktana to get married when she's a Gdola. Why do we need to articulate that case? That should be obvious. Says the Gemara. Ma'udetema, a little bit more than a third of the way down on Nun Zayinam at base. Ma'udetema, Maybe we would have been concerned that now she's 10 years old and we don't want to frighten her. And if we were to set her up when she was a Ktana to get married for when she's a Gdola, maybe at that age it's too scary for her. And maybe we shouldn't even promote her getting married as a Gdola from the time she's a Ktana. Says the Gemara Kamash, we're not concerned about that. Halfway down, the Gemara gives yet another statement. Amar of Huna Bagra Yom Echad Veniskacha, Rav Huna was of the opinion that once a girl reaches the stage of Bagros, even for only one day, and then she gets engaged, then, even though she's never been married before, we treat her like an almana, and we only demand 30 days from the time she is proposed to until the time she actually gets married. In other words, a bogaris is treated not like a basula. She's treated like a be'ula. And this din of Rav Huna is going to be questioned to the point that we'll reject it. Let's see how this plays out. Mesve, how can you say, Rav Huna, that a bogeris is treated like an almana? What does the Brisa say? Bagra, if she becomes a bogeris, harehi kitvua. She's just like a person who was proposed to. So says the Gemara, what does that mean? My love kitvua de besula. Isn't this like when a woman is proposed to or a girl is proposed to and she's a besula and that girl has 12 months? Says the Gemara, no, lo, kitava de almana. No, there's no reason to learn that brisa that way. There's nothing mukhrach to make that brisa about a ktana, about a besula. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's talking about an almana. So the Gemara tries again. Argument one, tried and failed. Let's see if we can question Rav Huna again. Toshma, the brisa writes, we have a Bogeres. From the time she turned 12 years and six months, she waited a full year to get married. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, because the husband, after 12 months, is obligated in her Mizonos, he can also be Mefer Nedareha, he can also undo any of her verbal commitments. What do we see black on white in this price, huh? She waited 12 months. Rav Huna wanted to say that a Bogaris is treated like an almana, that there's only 30 days between the time that she's been asked to be married and the time of the Nisuin. This Brisa says very clearly that a Bogaris has 12 months, only after which a husband becomes obligated in feeding her. So says the Gemara, great question. The Gemara responds, Ema, there's a mistake in the Brisa. It's not Bogaris Sheshahasa. It's Ema Bogaris, a girl who's a Bogaris. And different cases. 
In those cases, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, So we tried another question and we failed. Ravuna so far is withstanding the tests. Let's try the third case, two thirds of the way down. 10 lines before the wide lines, Toshma. A man who gets engaged to a besula, either way, once they're proposed and one of the people pushes off the wedding, we give her a full year from the time of the tviya in order to calculate when it is when is a reasonable time to get married. Says the Gemara, we don't tabulate, we don't count from the time of Harat Mikudeshesli. We count from the earlier phase where he says to her, Would you like to be my wife? And she says, I will. He says, Great, I'm going to go buy a ring and then we'll do the Harat Mikudeshesli next week. So from the week prior, when he actually says, I really think we should get married, and she acquiesces, Great, then we're going to move forward. But we count the 12 months from that earlier phase, not from the Arison. And now here's the part of the Mraisa that we need. To question Rav Huna, let's review. Rav Huna was of the opinion that a bogeris is more similarly compared to a to an almana and only has 30 days from the time of proposal to marriage. And this bogeris is not like a besula who has 12 months. What does this Brisa say? Five lines before the wide lines. Ubagra harehi kitvua ketzad. She abagra is like the one who's a tvua who was asked, what does that mean? Bagra yom echad viniskacha. If a woman is 12 years, six months, and one day old, and she got engaged. What does the Brisa say? <laughs> so clear. We give her 12 months and we give an Arusa 30 days. These words, <laughs> we don't yet know what they mean. It doesn't make any sense in the context because we know that an Arusa who is Abesula has 12 months, so we don't know what this means yet. But the line that's very difficult for Ravuna is the line that says that no sin lush name So says the Gemara, that's a great point. To you, to de Ravuna, to Yuvta. This now is considered a rejection of the opinion of Ravuna, and he is knocked out of the water. In other words, Ravuna wanted to introduce something that was missing in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah spoke about Abesula who gets 12 months. Our Mishnah spoke about an Almana who gets 30 days. What about a Bogeris? Rafuna postulated it must be that the Bogeris is treated like an Almana. Says the Gemara, we just uh, blew you out of the water. You're totally not correct. And really, a Bogeris is no different than a Basula. And that is the end of that story. However, there were a few words, as I mentioned earlier, that don't really make sense. It was the words on the line before, my Ule Arusa Shloshim Yom. What did this Brisa mean? In the process of trying to disprove Rav Huna, what did this Brisa mean when it said that an Arusa is 30 days? So the Gemara responds with the answer of Rav Papa. Amar Rav Papa, hachi kamar. Bogeres sh'avra Let's say that there was a Bogeres who spent 12 months as a Bogeres and did not get engaged during that time. Only after that 12 months, now she's 13 years, six months in one day. She's been a Bogeres for a year. Then she gets engaged. Then So now we actually have four phases of time between, between, um, between the time of Tavia, between the time a couple agrees to get married and chuppah. Classical case of Basula, 12 months. Classical case of Almana, 30 days. Classical case of Bogeres, 12 months. 
But a Bogeres who has been a Bogeres for a year, and then she gets engaged, she's treated like an Almono. So these are the different iterations of the Gemara up until this point. We're at the first very long line. Let's continue. What's the difference between a and a Gedola is 12 years and one day. Right, so... She's not a Bogeres. A Bogeres is only after six months of being a Gedola. So it's Ktana, Nara, Gedola, Bogeres. The Gemara said, yeah? Okay. The Gemara says in the first of the long lines, we had said, that if they reached the threshold by when they should have gotten married and they didn't, so then we said that the wife is eligible to uh, receive some food benefits from her husband. Omar Ula, Ula says, we have a halacha. Arusa Bas Yisrael, if the woman who's engaged is uh, Bas Yisrael, she's Ocheles Petruma. She's allowed to eat Truma. Why is she allowed to eat Truma? So here's what the Gemara says. Shneemar v'chohen ki yikne nefesh kinyan kaspo v'haynami kinyan kaspo hu because he was kone her in the process of kiddushin. She's kinyan kaspo, and because she's kinyan kaspo, just like an eved of a kohen could eat truma, so too she can eat truma. She's kinyan kaspo. Simple. So then I don't understand if she's kinyan kaspo. Matam amru eno ochelas. Why is it that there are those who say that she cannot eat truma? So what does Ula answer to this? We'll call this answer number one. The answer of Ula is shema yimzigula kos bevesavia v'tashke leachiv v'laachosa. Oh, do you guys want to do you guys want to drink? Because I'm halachically married. I'm a Yisrael, she says. But my my husband to be is a Kohen. We've been married for twelve months. He pushed off the wedding. Here's a bottle of truma wine. Let me pour for each of you. But her family's a Yisrael. What was the concern of Ula? Yeah, she's always eligible because she's Kenyan Kaspo. However, she's not allowed to share it with anyone. So Ula was concerned that because she's a Bas Yisrael and she has family members who like her are Yisraelim, even though she's allowed to drink it. Doesn't mean everybody else is. And we were concerned about the snowball effect of her having access to it. Yahachi says the Gemara, he man tsunami. Why should anyone be allowed? We're always we should always be concerned about this. Says the Gemara, no, Hasam Duchtam There was a specific room, a specific place where she was able to access this food, a constant reminder that she would not be able to share it with others. Elameata, if that's true, then lucky Kohen. If you have a Kohen who is a farmer and he belongs to Yisrael. Maybe lo lechol betruma dilma asel mechal bahade. Maybe the Kohen farmer should not be able to eat the lunch that he brought to the farm. He comes with a brown paper bag. He's got the bread truma, mayonnaise truma, deli truma. So you can't go give that truma to your Yisrael. Says the Gemara, you're not thinking about the way things work here. This guy got lunch from the Yisrael. He wasn't bringing his own brown bag of lunch. Says the Gemara, Now that the lucky Kohen, now that the guy who's a farmer who's a Kohen who's working for the Yisrael, he got his food from the Yisrael. You think, we have to remember that our finances are very different than their finances. I send my kids to lunch every day, with uh, to school every day with a lunch. One of the more annoying jobs is making lunches. So I try to dive in very early chakras sometimes, you know, it's not so nice. No, really, my kids make their lunches. That's the truth. But for most of them. But anyways, let's just get back on topic here because that's not the topic. The Gemara says, what? I know. Hi. So the Gemara says, 
that there's no way that this guy would have brought his own lunch if he knew he was getting free meal at the office. And that was the Gemara's conclusion there. Now that's answer number one, that the reason why there are those who are concerned about giving truma to this uh, Asia, to this uh, Arusa Bas Yisrael is because she may feed it to others. But Rav Shmuel Bar, Bar, Bar Rav Yehuda has another concern. I think that's a mistake. Yeah, Rav. Rav is an extra word. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda says no. Mishum Simphon. What's Simphon? Simphon is when there's this uh, cancellation of a relationship. In other words, if she's an Arusa Bas Yisrael, there's still a chance that they could break off the marriage. They're not married yet. And therefore, if they break off the marriage retroactively, she wasn't allowed to eat the truma. And therefore, we want to not give it to her in the first place until there's Nisun. Okay. Yahi says the Gemara, what would happen if the couple got married, but there was no Tash Mishamita? In other words, just like yesterday, we were discussing where the threshold of marriage was for one halacha. We're going to ask the same question here. What's the threshold of marriage as it relates to Truma? So which one is it? Says the Gemara, no, it's fine. She can still eat the Truma even after Chuppah. Why? Because we're not concerned of Simphon in this case. We're not concerned that he's going to break off the engagement after Chuppah, but before Bia, because he already looked into her. Hasam, Mivdak, Badik, Lava, Hadramayal. He made sure she didn't have any Mumin. He did all the research. She's fine. Elameata, if that's true, what about an Evet? Evet Kohen Shalakhum Israel. If there was an Evet of a Kohen who was taken by Israel, an Evet who is a Kohen that was taken by Israel, <coughs> maybe Lo Lechel Betruma Mishum Simphon. Maybe we're afraid we shouldn't give it to him either because there's a chance that he'll get rid of the Evet, in which case, retroactively, he shouldn't have had Truma. Says the Gemara Simphon Ba'avadim Leka. We don't have, really have cancellations with the Avadim. There wasn't a question of like poor employee performance. These people didn't have it. They were avadim. They didn't have a choice. They weren't. They weren't being fired for inadequacies in their work ethic. They were working. They did everything they were told to do. But why is it that we weren't concerned about a mum in the evet? Because says the Gemara, if there was a mum externally, something that was noticeable, look at the guy. Look at the girl. Do they have a mum? Yes. No. Maybe. But if you don't see one, then you don't see one. And if there was something, let's say he had a, you know, a burn mark or he had a lash mark on his back or some type of injury that wasn't visible you know, when, they're, when they're clothed. So then, I don't care. I need this guy to go, uh, you know, whatever. Shuck corn. It doesn't matter. He's going to, okay, he has a lash on his back. Big deal. It's not my wife. It's an Evid. So there's no symphone in that case. What if your Evid was Nimsaganev? Oh, Kubiustus. Fascinating word, says the Gemara. Kobiustas, what's that? Rashi, Gonev Nefashos. He's a kidnapper. It's the kidnapping van. So the Gemara says, Maika, oh, sorry, Higio. That is not considered absurd. This is unbelievable. That's not considered absurd. We expect Avadim to do that. So it's not considered absurd. In other words, there's still no symphone. There's still no risk of, of canceling on this Eved, even if this is his uh, general MO, because we assume that about them. Okay, Maika, is there ever a line in the sand with an Eved where we're going to possibly run the risk of canceling on him, thereby having this scenario where Truma Limafreya, he shouldn't have eaten it in the first place? Says the Gemara, what about Listim Mizuyan, O Muchtav Lamalchus, someone who walks around carrying weapons, he's a dangerous, violent person, or Muchtav Lamalchus, or maybe someone who already has a death warrant out on him from the government. 
Says the Gemara, even there you don't have to worry about it because I would never hire those people in the first place because Hanhu kala islahu. I know about those people. And the Gemara therefore concludes that there's really no scenario in which an Eved would be fired after he's hired. Just doesn't happen. Says the Gemara, fine. So we have two scenarios now where we understand why there's a concern about giving Truma to an Ashes Yisrael, to a, an Arusa Bas Yisrael when she's marrying a Kohen, but she's not yet married. The concern of Ula was that she might give it to family members. The concern of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shmuel uh, Bar Yehuda, which one? Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yehuda was Simphon, that we're afraid that there would be a, a breakup of the relationship, thereby retroactively making her uh, ineligible for truma. So the Gemara says, what, According to both of them, they say that she's not supposed to eat the truma. If that's true, then what's the difference between them? My benayhu? Says the Gemara, Ika benayhu is kibel. Kibel means that if he accepts in advance, I'll marry her even with all of her mumin. That's going to be a difference because according to the Shita that she might still give the food to her family members, the sheets of Ula were still concerned. But by the Mumin, there's no concern of Simphon. If he is Mikabal to marry her as she is, then there's no concern about Simphon. Therefore, she should be allowed to eat it. And also Masar, if she was given over to the Shlichim of the husband by her father, that would be another case scenario where, where he, she, he's halachically married, irrelevant of Mumin, or Vahalach, or the halach, or that he went there directly and uh, he was uh, and he married her on the spot. In all of those cases, those would be nafkaminas. We had said in our Mishnah, we're well, right now on Nun Chesamadala, four lines down, Rabbi Tarfan Omer, Nostan Loha Kol Truma, that when we do give this Arusa Bas Yisrael Truma, that's her whole diet, that's the whole box of food we send her, Omer Abaye, this is only uh, subject to a machlokas, Bibas Kohen Lekohen. When do we have this machlokas, Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Akiva, where Rabbi Tarfon said that all the food that we give her is going to be truma. And Rabbi Akiva says that only half of the food we give her will be truma and half will be chulen. So this machlokas is only bebas koin lekoin. Aval bebas Yisrael lekoin. When we have a bas Yisrael who's marrying a kohen, there everyone agrees. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon, they all agree especially for Yisraelis, because she's not used to eating truma. By an Abbas Kohen, I could understand why Rabbi Tarfon would want to say that maybe we should give her all. She knows, she's familiar, she grew up in that house. From the time that she was Poreses Nida, she knew when you're a Nida, you can't touch truma, she knew. So when they we're talking about an Arusa Abbas Kohen who's married to a Kohen, understand well, that's maybe where Rabbi Tarfon wants to be Makel and give her all the food. But when it comes to a, 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 an Arusa Abbas Yisrael, Leisman de Palig, everyone agrees. Not only that, not only does everyone agree that the Machlokes is only when she's a Bas Kohen who's marrying a Kohen, but seven, eight lines down, the only time we actually have this Machlokes of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon about whether we give her full diet of Truma or half and half, that's only Be'arusa when she's engaged. Aval Benesua, but once she's married, they're for sure, we're going to make sure that her food is half and half because as mentioned, a woman will spend half of her married life approximately as Anita, a little bit less. So 12 out of 30 days, 13 out of 30 days, whatever it is. And Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a brisa that supports Abaye's understanding. Rabbi Tarfon Omer, Rabbi Akiva Omer, This is the machlokas we saw in our Mishnah on the bottom of Nunzayin Amadalev. 
The Brisa continues by Medvarim Amurim. What are the parameters of this machlokas? Where do Rabbi Yehuda and where do Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon argue? Says the Gemara, only Bibas Kohen Lakoin. Avabas Yisrael Lakoin Dibriakol Mechza Chulunu Mechza Chuma, exactly like Abaye said. And the Brisa continues still more, just about halfway down on Nunchesamad Alam. By Medvarim Amurim, what is another parameter for where this machlokas takes place? Be'arusa, only if it's when they are engaged. That's when Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Akiva argue. However, Good. So we've explained a source for Abaye. However, says the Gemara, this Bryce is not done yet. And now we see some new shitas that we don't have in our Mishnah on Nun Zayin of Aleph. What are the new shitas? Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra Omer, Nostin la shte yados shal truma ve'achas shal chulen. Two to one ratio of truma to chulen. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, not the same Rabbi Yehuda. This was Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra. Now it's a different Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, no saying la hakol truma v'himocheres v'lokachas v'damim chulim. We actually give her everything, and if she can't eat truma because she's anida, she can sell the truma, take the financial payout, and buy chulim. No problem at all. But we don't give two and two to one ratio of truma to chulin. Lastly, the final sheet of the of the brisa is Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer Kol Makom Shehuz Truma Nostin La Kiflayim Bechulin. We give her double the amount of chulin. Okay, Nostin La Kiflayim Bechulin. Sorry, we give double the amount of truma. So we have two sheetas, Rabbi Huda ben Besera and the sheet of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel seem to say the same thing. So asks the Gemara, my Nayu. What is the difference between these two shitas? Rabbi Huda ben Becerra said, we give two yados of uh, truma to one yad of chulen. And this last shita, Rabbi Shim ben, ben, ben Gamliel, seems to be the same. The Gemara says, tircha. the difference between them is tircha, that according to one of them, you, you're, you're, you have to work harder. You have to go trade it out and swap it out for chul. And then according to the other shita, you don't. So these are all of the brisas. This is a, a longer brisa that kind of adds color and add shitas to our Mishnah on the Zayin Aleph to fill in the gaps. According to some of the early manuscripts of Shas, before we had the Gemara laid out like it is, and even before it was ever near that, in the 800s of the common era that we are, we would call 800, at that time the Gemara was not yet as we have it. The Gemara at that time seemingly, and I have a copy of this manuscript at home, not a real copy, but a photocopy, is that the Gemara had uh, the Gemara in the middle, as we have it here, was simply all of the Torah Satanaim, any Mishnai's, Brises, Toseftas, and Midrashay Chazal. The Shaklavataria that we're familiar with, that we're currently learning, Bamedvarim, uh, Amurim, all of that stuff, that was added by the Savo Rhyme. That was added at a later point. Vitzricha, Mahu Detema, Pshita, Mahu Detema, and uh, the back and forth, and Iamris, and Elameyat, all of that was added in by the Savo Rhyme after the period of Amurim. So this Brisa that we just learned would be found right next to our Mishnah on Zion because it was a compare and contrast to understand how do we learn from a Mishnah to a Sosefta, from a Mishnah to a Brisa. Let's continue. Two thirds of the way down. We had said in our Mishnah, that if a woman was had fallen to a yavam, that she would, um, what did the Mishnah say? What would she not be able to do? The Mishnah said that there would be uh, no truma. So it says the Gemara, um, Remember we said on the earlier page, we said, The reason why she's allowed to eat truma is because she's Kenyan Kaspo. She was acquired by him. So it says the Gemara, the high when a woman falls to Shimon Biyibum, Kenyan Da'achifu. 
he was not the one who ever proposed to her. So now let's ask this question a little differently. Is there a Kiddushin in Yibu? No. You just get married. So she's not Kenyan Kaspo of the Yavam. She's Kenyan Kaspo of Ruvain, of the first husband. And therefore, the Yavam cannot give her any truma. Okay, good. Says the Gemara, six lines from the bottom of the page, Nunchesim and Aleph, heading toward the Mishnah. Yep, heading toward the Mishnah on the top. Let's continue. We had said... Where am I here? Oh, here. We had said that if there's any mixture of time of her being engaged to Ruvain, and then Ruvain died, and now she's engaged to Shimon, the brother from the Yibum status, from the Yavam, we had said that in a bunch of other cases as well. Why did we have all the other cases? 353 days as a as a to, to the Baal, and then one day as the Yavam. Why so many cases? Why all the extra cases? Says the Gemara You're right. No in the case. This is true. And not only is this true, but even that is true. So that was how, why the Gemara framed out the Mishnah, framed out a bunch of extra cases. We had also said in our Mishnah that all of this was Zu Mishnah Rishona, the Machlokes Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Akiva about whether or not we give and how much we give, I should say, how much truma we give to a, uh, to a woman who is in Arusa. So says the Gemara, I don't understand. What was Zu Mishnah Rishona? My time what is the reason for the change? Amar Ula of Bar Yehuda Mishum Simphon. The reason why we're changing is because of Simphon. So says the Gemara. Hang on one second. Bishlama Ula. I understand our Mishnah through the lens of Ula. We had said that Ula understood our Mishnah that the reason why we have concerns about Truma and the Arusa Bas Yisrael <clears throat> is because she may give some of the food to her family members, which is Usr. And therefore, Bishlam al-Ula Kamaisa, the first part of the Mishnah, the first Bezdin that wrote this Mishnah, Shemayim Zagula Kos I could understand, like Ula said in the beginning of our Mishnah, or as we expressed about Ula, that really the concern is that the, the Aishas, the Arusa Bas Yisrael will give it to her family members. Ubasraisa, and when the Mishnah shifted gears and said, Zumishna Rishona, but Bezin Shalachrain Paskin differently, that was because Mishum Simphon, because of a new concern. Ella says the Gemara, the Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, about whom we said that Kamaisa was Mishum Simphon, that even the Rasha of our Mishnah, the first Bezdin, there the concern was about Simphon, was about the possible cancellation, the possible nullification of the marriage. Ubasraisa Mishum Simphon. But if, if you're saying that this, the last part of the mission is also because, then what's the difference? My Beinayu. Says the Gemara, the first Bezdin of our Mishnah and the second Bezdin of our Mishnah had some different guidelines. Ika Beinayu nun chesam at Bez, three lines down, Bedika Schutz. Mar Savar Bedika Schutz Shma Bedika, Umar Savar Bedika Schutz Lo Shma Bedika. The external checking to see that a wife doesn't have any woman, is that considered a Bedika? Is it not considered a Bedika? Fine. And that's how the Gemara distinguishes, even according to Shmuel Bar Yehuda, in regards to our Mishnah. One more signal. We're going to be going to the two dots, which are 10 lines from the bottom of the page. Let's start this fresh Mishnah, Nun Chesimud Beis, five lines down. Hamaktish ishto, If a person says, my wife makes $50,000 a year, I hereby am maktish her money. The halacha is, nice try but she gets to eat from that money that you can't, you can't donate all of it. She's allowed to still swipe that credit card as she sees fit. Hamosar, but any monies that she makes that are beyond the money that she should be fed, then Rabbi Meir Omer Machlokas, Rabbi Meir Omer Hektish, that's considered Hektish, Rabbi Yochanan Hassanlar Omer Chulin. Let's analyze. Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav. 
She's allowed to say that I don't want to be fed from you, nor do I want to give you my money. She's allowed to do that. Says the Gemara, why is this true? Because she holds, or really Rahuna holds, when the Chachamim made the Takana, the Iker of the Takana was that she should be fed. And the Maiseyadeh was Mishum Eva. Because he has to feed her, we therefore want to make sure he doesn't feel Eva any uh, disregard for her because he has to do all the work. So she has to give her salary in. But the Iker was the food. And therefore, because the Iker was the Mizonos, she can therefore say, no, thank you. I'm uh, no problem at all. I just don't want your food. I'm good. I make my own money and I'm fine. Separate bank accounts. Says the Gemara, that's not so simple. Third of the way down, quarter of the way down on Chesimut Beis. Tiknu Mizonos Tachas Maseyadeha is the other way, says the Brisa. Really, the Iker is Maseyadeha. And because the Iker Takan was Maseyadeha, that he has to that, that she has to give him her salary, therefore he has to feed her. But not the way that, that Rahuna understood it, says the Gemara. You're right. And that Brisa <laughs> might have been backwards. Ema, maybe we should read the Brisa that Then maybe the reason why she has to give her salary is because of the Mizonos, in which case, back to Rahuna's din, we should then be able to allow her to say, I'm not interested. And in fact, Lema, perhaps, Misayayale, the following. Hamaktish Atmo, excuse me, that's not correct. Hamaktish Maisayat Ishto. If a person tries to sanctify the salary that his wife puts into the pot, Hare he Oseve Ochelas, she's allowed to eat. My love, Benizonas. Isn't that allowed? Isn't that a case where she is being fed by her husband? Says the Gemara, Lo, Bishainonizonas, no Raya from there. Maybe she's not being fed from that pot. Says the Gemara, Ibishainonizonas. If she's not being fed, then what does this come to teach us? Even if a master can say to an Evid, I, I'm not going to feed you, but you still need to work with me. Because he's not Amcha. He's not part of Klal Yisrael. Lo, you cannot say In other words, if an Eved Ivri is not able to be told the it should also be true about the wife. So how can you say that she's not being fed by him if, if she is giving her salary? Says the Gemara, you're right on that point. But the reason why we needed this case was Seifa Yitzrichle. What was the case of Seifa Yitzrichle? Our Mishnah had said in the second part of our Mishnah, Mosar, if there was extra monies left over, we saw Machlokas of Meir Omer Hekdish, Rabbi Yochanan Asanar Omer Chulin. We saw this Machlokas. And therefore, we needed this case of Enonizones for the case of the Seifa, because that food wasn't being eaten, it was the Mosar food. Upliga to Reish Lakish. This is different than the sheet of Reish Lakish. What does Reish Lakish hold? Halfway down on Chesim and Beis, Reish Lakish, Lo Tema, Taima de Rav Meir, Mishum de Kasavar. Don't say that the reason why Rav Meir 
just quoted holds that the money that goes beyond the minimum requirements, the most our money is going to be considered hectish. Don't say that's because he holds that other makdish davar olam. That again, we don't even know if there's going to be extra money, but I'm being makdish it now for the future because he holds that we can sanctify something that doesn't yet exist. Don't say that. Elo, really, what was the rationale for Rav Meir? Really, time of Rav Meir. Um, sorry, lost my place here. Ella, time of Mayor, Mitokshi Yahola Kufa Lamase Yadeha, Naseka Omerla Yikdishu Yadehalo Sam. Because he is able to force her to give him her salary. Therefore, it says, if he said, I'm sanctifying this money. In other words, fundamentally, Rachel Akish holds, you are allowed to command a woman to give her, give her salary to you. Says the Gemara, wait a second. How can you sanctify the money? He didn't say sanctify the money. She didn't say sanctify the money. He didn't say anything about sanctifying the money. He just said, you have to give me your maiseyadayim. That's the din. You have to give me your maiseyadayim. Says the Gemara, you're right that he didn't say that. But Kevan de Shaminale, the Rav Meir, because of Rav Meir, where he normally says, the Amar Eina, the Mosi Dvar of the Batala, because people don't say things. Stam, and he said to her, You need to give me your maiseyadayim. Therefore, therefore, it says, If he was to have said to her that I'm allowed to sanctify the extra money, the Mosar, uh, to the person who made your hands to a Kadosh to the Besa Mikdash. So the Gemara then asks one last question Is it correct? Can we assume, like you assumed in this brisa just a couple of lines ago, that Rav Meir does not hold of the of the possibility of, of being makdish davar olam? We know, in fact, that he does. Where do we see this? In yet another brisa. Ve'atanya, the brisa writes two thirds of the way down. Ha'omer liisha, a man says to a woman, Harad nikudeshes li la'achar she'eskayer. I will be married to you after I convert, or or after you convert. After I get freed, after you get freed. After your husband dies, or after your sister dies, meaning his wife, probably not a nice thing to say. Or after your yavam, after you do yibum with your yavam. What does Rav Meir hold in this case? Omer Mikudesha. So we see it's a Dabr Shiloh Bala Olam, and he holds that we are Makdish. So how can you say that Rav Meir doesn't hold of Dabr Shiloh Bala Olam? We see that Rav Meir does hold that you can be Makdish, something which is Dabr Shiloh Bala Olam. The Gemara answers cleanly, May Hahi in. You're right. From this brisa that we just saw about harad nekudeshesli lachar she'askayer or lachar she'tiskayri, there you can for sure infer from there it's black on white. You can obviously infer from there that Rav Meir agrees that you can be makdish davar shalom It just happens to be that in our Mishnah on the top of Nunchesim and Beis says the Gemara, but meha like in the Mishnah, you know, there's just not enough latitude in this Mishnah. It's not that he doesn't hold that way; he does. And this Mishnah is not a contradiction. There's just no way to infer one way or the other from our Mishnah. Tomorrow morning, we'll pick up right here and learn Daphne and Tess. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Amen.